0: Welcome to the Commands of Christ podcast brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. We're excited about guiding people to the Word of God to experience the abundant life and to be encouraged as they walk as disciples of Jesus all through the power of Christ living in us. And now, your hosts, Gabe Cleeter and Nate Payne. Hello and welcome back to the Commands of Christ podcast. I have joined with me here in the studio, Gabe Cleeter, And we have spent the last four episodes talking about the command of Christ, abide in me. Wow, there were so many rich treasures that we gleaned from that, Gabe. There really were. And I was just so encouraged. But for this episode, we are focusing on a new command. And Gabe, why don't you go ahead and give us the context, where it's found, and kind of give us a little bit of insight into that command. So, the
1: command we're going to look at today is the command repent. And this one actually dovetails really well with the command abide because they're very much connected. But the command repent comes from Matthew chapter 4 in verse 17. It says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's interesting. I feel like this command is so weighty because this is like in the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. This is some of the first things he shares. It's like one of the first commands he gives. That's right. Is repent. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's interesting because John the Baptist also, some of his first recorded words in scripture, also repent yes. for the kingdom of heaven yes. is at hand. So this is a weighty, important command that both John the Baptist and Jesus seem to start off a big part of their public ministry with this command. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.
0: And I agree, Gabe, just the weightiness of this command. Just how... And, and what we what we mean by weighty for our listeners is just this 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 has a lot to it there you can just kind of sense the gravity that this is an important message right. and I think um as we know, as far as we know, this is actually pretty much the first message that Jesus had coming on the scene, really public ministry right and so this was of course people you know, kind of giving a little bit more context to this picture, the Israelites, the Jews, they were, they knew a Messiah was coming because there was a lot of prophecy. We see a lot of prophecy given by multiple prophets in the Old Testament um, prophesying that there was a Messiah coming to deliver the Jews. Now, I think to, to really set the stage right, I think, the Jews, and, and we actually find out later in the New Testament, the Jews were not looking necessarily for a Messiah to deliver them from themselves or from their sin. They were more thinking that the Messiah would come as someone to deliver them from the oppression of the Roman Empire. Because at this time, the Romans were over the Jews and they controlled basically everything they did. And so... This verse, this command, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is significant because Jesus is not just saying, um, you know, I am here. I'm here to fulfill your idea of what a Messiah is. He's literally saying, you know, I'm here preaching the kingdom of God, which is what we're going to get into. That's so
1: good, Nate, because what was really highlighted to me as I'm looking at this command here, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And with what you're saying is the Jews thought that that the kingdom would mean a coming Messiah was going to deliver them from the Roman Empire. But what Jesus was actually talking about was he's going to deliver them from Satan's dominion and darkness, right? Even in Colossians, it talks about in our salvation, Jesus bringing us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Right? Or the, so they're pent for the kingdom of Jesus is here, it's now. And I feel like even as we see in the context, Jesus was just coming down from being tempted of Satan in the wilderness. He was, that's right. right. And, 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 and different times Satan came with different temptations, and Jesus always responded by quoting the word, right? Man should yes. not live by bread alone, you should not worship any other gods. He quoted the word back to Satan, and it was like Satan couldn't stand before that. And it was like the beginning of the realization that. This was that Jesus Christ was coming and his kingdom coming was going to destroy the works of the enemy. Praise it God. even says in First John, for this reason, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And so you see that it was like Jesus is coming and saying, repent. There's a new kingdom in town. I'm going to deliver you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom, into
0: my kingdom, the kingdom of light. Which is so amazing because that takes it a whole step further. Mm-hmm. Christ was coming to deliver the Jews, really all people, from the true oppression right. that they were experiencing. Right. And so I think that's just so exciting because that, that doesn't just apply to the Israelites or the Jews at that time. That applies to all people.
1: Right. Because sometimes we think, oh, we want the Lord to deliver us from suffering or going through hardship or difficulty. But it's like, no, sometimes God uses those things in our lives. But the Lord has brought us out of... The grip and dominion of darkness and the kingdom of Satan and he's delivered us from living for ourselves and living for sin and living for Satan that we might live for him. And this is the true repentance where it's like, I'm no longer, I need to change my mind. I need to turn to the Lord in this and realize that he's brought us out of sin and self into himself.
0: I think that's good. I think that's perfect. Gabe, before we go on any further, we kind of need to talk about what is the word repent? What does it mean? Because just someone hearing the verse, repent, or the command, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it's just like, number one, what is repentance? And then obviously, as we'll get into a little bit later in this episode, what is the kingdom? I mean, what was he talking about here? So can you give us a little bit of context to what does the word repent mean? Right.
1: So that is very significant, right? What does the word repent mean? Because we see it's a command and that it's a command to all people. Even in Acts, the command is reiterated that he, he's calling all men everywhere to repent. That's right. So this applies to all people at all times everywhere. So it's really significant. What does this word repent mean? What does it mean to repent? And if you look it up um, in the Greek, the word repent here means literally change your mind Hmm. or like receive a new way of thinking. that's right. So oftentimes when we ask people, what does the word repent mean? We say, oh, it means a change of direction, right? Or it means to turn around. That's oftentimes the definition I hear people say. Now... No doubt, true repentance results in a change Absolutely, of direction. Absolutely, it, it results. Sure does. It, but it starts as a change of mind, because when our mind is changed, our heart is changed, and when our heart is changed, our direction will change too. That's right. Right. But it starts with changing our mind. Right. Now, if our mind is truly changed, our direction will change. And if our direction doesn't change, what it proves actually is that our mind wasn't truly changed. And so then our heart wasn't changed. So then our direction didn't change either. Right. But it starts with a change of mind.
0: Which that's very very significant because when when I think of the word repent, in a lot of ways, I just connect it, or before I really started digging into this command, I kind of connected it with salvation. I would have connected it with salvation. Like, this is just... Which some, it is connected, and that's it, where it It starts. is. It is, absolutely. But, you know, I would have thought that this is something that, you know, it's done once, and you kind of walk away from it. But that's not really what you're saying.
1: Right. It's like there's the initial when the Lord first saves us and where he delivers us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And there's like the initial at salvation. But then what I think we have to see, the command to repent is not just connected with the preaching of the gospel. There very much is, even in when the command is repeated in Mark, it says repent and believe the gospel. So it's connected there, right? But then there's there's the repentance initially as God saves us and brings us out of the darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. But then There's the ongoing repentance of sanctification where it's like our mind needs to keep being changed every day and be, scripture says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our mind needs to be renewed by the word of God every day. And so this is like the daily aspect of repentance where every day I need to realize and acknowledge that. I'm not the king. Jesus is the king. My and allow my mind and heart to be changed by the word of God. And I think it's important too when we hear the word repent. Oftentimes we think when we hear repent, we think of um, oh, I just need to change my ways, right? That's like right. that's what we tend to think. Like oh, I need to repent. People are like oh, I got to change my ways, right? Clean yep. up my act. Yeah. Yep. But there's a very significant um, passage in the Old Testament that I think is that that harkens well to this place of repentance, and it's in Isaiah 55. And it says in Isaiah 55. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and He will have mercy unto our God, for He will abundantly pardon. So we see, like a really clear picture of repentance. He says, "Let the wicked forsake his ways," but then he says, "And the unrighteous man." His thought, thoughts, yeah. right? So I think oftentimes we try to change our ways. Like maybe we're doing something that's wrong, or something we know is not right, or something we shouldn't be doing. So we try to change our ways. We try to clean up our act and do better. Mm-hmm. But the problem is we don't allow the Lord's word to change our mind, right? So what happens is is we are trying to change our actions, but our mind isn't changed. So it's like there's a war going on inside because even though we're trying to change our actions, our our and change our ways, our our mind keeps going that way, that's and right. so our ways naturally go that way too. So true change or true re- repentance happens when my heart is changed, but the only way my heart is going to be changed is when my mind is changed and renewed by the Word of God. And when Because there's only really one thing powerful enough to bring about this kind of repentance, this kind of change of mind, and that's the Word of God. That's right. right? I can't change my own mind right. um, the way God wants to in this right. repentance right. type of way. It has to be the word of God changing my mind and changing my heart, bringing my heart into alignment with God's heart. And when our mind is changed, our heart is changed. When our heart is changed, our whole life is
0: changed. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think that's echoed in the verse that talks about how as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's just like, really, our thoughts are connected to our heart right. and our heart and our actions are in many ways an expression of what we treasure and we value in our heart. And so I think when Jesus was coming on the scene here, the Jews um, had preconceived ideas. They had already thought of who the Messiah was. They kind of had their outline, they kind of had a box that they had kind of made. You know that they put the idea of who the Messiah was, what he should do, but but literally, I kind of feel like when Jesus shows up on the scene, the word, as we've already talked about, it means change your mind. He's literally saying, change your mind. The mm-hmm. kingdom of heaven is at hand, and I. And I think that's that's significant.
1: Well, it's amazing too to see that like if you look at the Old Testament scriptures over and over and over again, there was prophecy about the coming Messiah that clearly revealed who he was, right? That like Jesus fulfilled, I mean, hundreds of prophecies, right? And so it's like, but it it was like the Jews and we can be this way too so much. At that time, and all the people, Jews and Gentiles alike, it was like they had a long, wrong perspective, a wrong view on what the coming Messiah was going to do. And we can be the same way where it's like we can have our, our, our view even of God and of um, his kingdom shaped by our culture and shaped by the things around us instead of shaped by the word of God. Yeah,
0: And that's so dangerous. Right. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's no longer – when we do that, it's no longer – we don't see God as who he really is. We see him honestly, Conformed to the image that we want him to be conformed to.
1: Right. Which is really scary. Right. So it's like if the Jews, it's like, and if the people during Jesus' day, the Jews and Gentiles had spent time, had had like really had spent time over these different prophecies and their mind had been renewed, and some were, right? We see this with Simeon and others that they were looking for the coming Messiah. And when they saw Jesus, they were like, oh, they knew it. They knew it right away, right? And so it's like that God wants us to be that way too. God wants us to be like, um, Like the Jew, Simeon, who was just, he was prepared because his mind was saturated in the word. Where now, we need to have our minds and hearts saturated in the word so that we'll get a right view of who God is, a right view of who Jesus is. We'll see him for who he really is and pursue a relationship with him.
0: Right. And I think it's such an invitation, too. He's, you know, repent, change your mind, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's almost an invitation. Well, it is an invitation. Jesus is saying, take my mind. And we kind of get that more defined when we look at the kingdom, you know, because we also have to address what is the kingdom here. And I know we're going to get deeper into the concept of the kingdom later, but Gabe kind of defined like, how does repentance connect with the kingdom? And Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's a loaded statement. Can you kind of unpack that a little bit? Right. So the, he says
1: repent, but then he, he says repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right. or because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the reason Jesus gives for repentance is for the kingdom. Okay. So you say, well, what is the kingdom? Right. I think sometimes when we think of the kingdom, we think of like just a pie in the sky by and by. But what he's saying is repent, change your mind about that. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. At hand. Means like it's right here, it's nigh, it's close, it's here. And so it's like there needs to be repentance. It's almost like it's saying, Repent, there's a new king in town, right? Like That's there's, right. because really the kingdom is where the king reigns as king. It's the king's dominion, yes. right? And so it's like the Lord wants to reign as king in our hearts. Amen. And so as we yield and surrender to the Lord, as we allow the Lord's word to change our minds, as we turn our minds and hearts to the Lord, his kingdom is able to spread into every part of who we are. Wow! So he's like, repent. There's a new king in town. You're not the king anymore, right? And, and because sometimes we think we're running the show and we're the king of our own life, but it's like, no, we're not. And, and, and Satan's not king. Jesus is king, right? right? And so repent, allow the Lord's. allow me. It's like the Lord saying to change your mind, to
0: change your right. heart. There's a new king in town. And there was a lot to change, not just in their minds, but in everyone's mind. Right. I mean, you think of just real quickly here, some of the things, major things, ideas that had to change in their mind was given to us in the commands that we're talking about. Love your enemies. I mean, who loves your your enemy. Or another command he gave, go the second mile. And and that was specifically in regards to how we treat our enemies, blessing those that curse us. I mean, this, I mean, who does this? I mean, this is, you know, totally outside of our normal way of thinking. And I think when Jesus showed up and he began preaching this message, I kind of get this feel of, he's like, Listen, everything that you think is true has to be set aside. And my truth, my thinking, my words have to take place, have to take that place, have to take root in you in order for you to really experience me and to live in me and for me to be able to live in you. It's kind of, in a lot of ways, the
1: feel I get. That's so good. And when the Lord's word begins to enter into us, it doesn't just, it changes our heart because repentance is more than just changing our outward behavior. It's allowing the Lord to change our heart. Even when Jesus talked to the Pharisees, he said, he rebuked him because he said, you clean the outside of the glass, but you don't cleanse the inside. Right. And I think we can be that way too. Sometimes when we think about repentance, we can try to clean up the outside. So we look good on the outside and we can conform our behavior but not allow the Lord to change our heart. And therefore, Mm -hmm. we're not getting at the heart of what repentance really is. And he says, so what Jesus tells them is, clean the inside and the outside will be clean too. It's not that the outward things aren't important. Mm -hmm. It's just that the change has to start in the heart. We have to allow the Lord's word to change our heart. Repentance starts in the heart. Mm -hmm. And then as we allow the Lord's word to change our heart, as we allow him to transform every part of our being and to spread into every part of who we are, it's like our, the outward things are changed as a natural fruit of our heart being changed.
0: Yeah, and I think that Paul echoed that actually um, to the Galatians when he said, are you, are you not so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the works of the, or the deeds of the flesh? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's where Christianity today, I think, really lacks its power is because there's a form of godliness, In in many situations, but yet the heart isn't changed. And what changes the heart is our mind. What determines kind of where our heart's at is our mind. And so I think um, this just, this command has a lot of power, a lot of weight. And just in conclusion, looking forward to the next upcoming episodes, we're going to dig deeper into how this command is practical. But I think kind of the takeaway point here is if we want our relationship to go deeper with God, our mind has to be renewed. Our mind has to be changed. And the way that it takes place is by taking Christ's words and saturating our lives, centering our lives around them. And like I said, we're going to go deeper into that. But um, we've really enjoyed having this discussion. I think it's good. Um, it's broken the ice in a lot of ways on what the command of repent is about. And a little bit, we've discussed a little bit about what the kingdom is about. And we're looking forward with our next episode to kind of unpacking that more. But if you guys that have been listening have been encouraged by this, make sure you subscribe. That way you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And we're just really grateful that you're here alongside with us, growing and learning in your relationship with the Lord. God bless you. And we look forward to having you on our podcast on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the commands of Christ brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. If you would like to go deeper in this month's focus, head over to homediscipleshipnetwork.org, where you can download a free study guide to accompany each command. And if today is your first time with us, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you will be able to join us each week as we explore the commands of Christ together. That's it for today, and we'll be back with more next week.